0: Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. And speaking of embracing life, today's topic can't help but engage your imagination in whichever form that will take, because our guest today, Heather Montgomery, joins us to share all about her just released in-depth examination of a subject that each of us knows as part of daily life. but is rarely discussed in public. The title of her book is Who Gives a Poop? And believe me, this conversation promises to be an expose of one of Mother Nature's less majestic outcomes, or perhaps the outcome is far more majestic than we might think. I can't wait to talk to you, Heather, so
1: welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to share some surprising science stories from one end to the other. Yes, that, to, uh, by the way, is the
0: subtitle. It. That is the subtitle of your book, and I know I can't wait to hear some of the fascinating findings you have to share about poop. But first, I have to ask you, how did you become such a devotee
1: of excrement? <laughs> well, I'm a naturalist, so for years I've been taking kids out in the wild, um, going on explorations. And, you know, when we come across poop, scat, as we naturalists like to call it, uh, we wonder about it, right? We wonder, oh, what can it tell us about what the animal ate? So I've been stick-stirring in scat, and, and kids, of course, are <laughs> fascinated by it. But, um, you know, all I ever thought of was that it could tell me the story of the diet of the individual. But there's so much more. This is rich matter here. And when I started to actually look at it, because this is something we all turn away from, right? it's disgusting. And, yes, we can uh, get diseases from uh, doo-doo, so um, we have to be careful. But this book really is about the idea that there are these things in life that are hard. They're either gross or disgusting or emotionally challenging, and we turn away from them. That's our natural reaction. But what if instead we turn towards them? What could we actually learn? And that's where this book went, surprised me. Well, uh, you asked two very earthy questions uh, in the
0: chapter where you've described the train loaded with 56 train cars oh. of waste from New York that ended up in Alabama. So far from turning away from that, you pose these two questions. Why aren't we putting our gray matter to good use on brown matter? And what else could we be doing with poo? So, given the amount of feces on the planet, not only from New Yorkers, (laughs) but what are some of these amazing ways that we are using poo these days, or naturalists and scientists
1: like you? Well, one way is to turn stool into fuel. Now, I had heard of that. You know, I had heard of societies that used uh, cow pies or things uh, to cook with. So, I thought, oh, I'm going to try this, because why not, right? So, I get my neighbor to... Give me, give me some cow pies, right? And I dry them out on my front porch. And then I decide I'm going to heat my tea water with cow poo. But it didn't work. Like, I'm a, I'm a camper, right? I've been doing campfires for years, and I couldn't get it to light. And I spent an hour trying this. And I was so frustrated. and so I'm kind of like, okay, I've got to get some experts. So I find this guy, Brian Harper, who has turned stool into fuel. Turns out he's doing it a completely different way. Brian lives in a street Sometimes they would even bag it And then they'd leave the bags hanging in the trees And he couldn't figure out why are they doing that But there was another thing That he knew about He knew that his town had these gas lamps These lanterns That didn't have any fuel to them The gas lines uh, they they weren't functioning anymore. So Brian is a tinkerer. So he goes down into his underground laboratory, and he tinkers, and he tinkers, and he tinkers. And eventually, he comes up with a biodigester for doggy doo-doo. And this man now has a place where people come intentionally to walk their dogs because they can drop the doo-doo down into a slot. They turn the crank, and then the bacteria consume that uh, matter. They turn it into methane, and that methane then lights the lamps every evening. It's so cool. No longer do we have that waste going in the garbage. Uh, Now he has fuel, and we clean up the, the environment. It's just a powerful story, right? All these things connected. Because someone said, wait, instead of ignoring this problem, let's address it. Let's look at what we can do.
0: That is amazing, and you, you know like and I know you I, I would love to live next door to you just to watch what you're doing or what you're drawing on your front porch, and I know you conduct experiments on your dining room table, but well, anyway, we won't, we won't get too specific on some of these things, but I think a lot of us have become far more interested in our intestines and what's going on down there because of course we hear it so much in the news about microbiomes and all this. And you did share that we are actually only one tenth human; that the rest of that we've got ten times
1: as many microbes in our bodies as human cells. Right? It is phenomenal—the microbiome that's within ourselves and with on ourselves is just phenomenal. And our understanding of that is exploding, but we still have so much left to know. You know, one of the things I wanted to convey in this book is that as a child. Uh, I always thought science was done, like it was those facts I had to memorize and regurgitate and put out on a test. But that's not science at all. Science is this process of asking a question, getting curious, and and letting the scientific method channel that curiosity. And so the microbiome is, is an amazing example because we're learning about all the bacteria in our gut, but we don't yet know about most of it. Most of the bacteria in our gut we haven't even Identified, or we haven't even labeled, and um, of course that microbiome um, and fecal transplants can actually save lives. And for so many years, we ignored that power. Yeah, I,
0: well, you did write about it, and then the one <laughs> one of the sentences I read that kind of had me gulping was that one guy was even considering creating a sports drink. From Michael Jordan's fecal matter is that right. true? <laughs>
1: I'm not. It's I'm not buying any cons- more
0: sports drinks just to make sure. No.
1: <laughs> it's true that he's considering it. I have tracked that, and I have not found any further progress with the story. But the idea is this: there is uh, there is an entire ecosystem in our gut, and from the second we're born through our lives, we are culturing that ecosystem, and the activities that we do and the food that we place in there and all of our experiences affects that microbiome. And so it's, it's an interesting thing to think about, you know, could we culture it? Can we culture it in a direction we want to? And so different athletes uh, do in fact have different um, bacterial strains that are, that are stronger in their gut and why we don't know, but these are the questions I'm curious about.
0: Well, and I have to say, we have laughed a lot because the topic is one that, you know, you've got to look at and laugh about it. But this book is such a wonderful read. It's a romp. I know it's for young adult audiences, but it's for uh, audiences of any age. Uh, And I've got to ask you uh, in your discovery of poop, uh, what, I mean, has anything especially surprised you? Because you're a naturalist and a biologist and a teacher,
1: I think it all surprised me. I don't think there's a piece of this book that that didn't surprise me. But the thing that kind of shook me the most was that in the writing of this book, I discovered my own bias. And, you know, I have a scientific brain, so I like to think myself as unbiased. But that is not true. We're all human, right? And bias um, comes from our background. But I didn't want to write about human poop. Like, I loved animal poop and I went into this you know, looking at scorpion poop and elephant poop and all of these amazing things. And the entire time I was researching, I was like, no, I don't want to look at that human poop store. No, no, no. (laughs) And it wasn't until the end where it came back and bit me and said, wait, Heather, here you are talking about the, the wonderful waste of all these animals and you're ignoring your own. And so I learned a lesson right there. You know?
0: I bet you did, Heather. <laughs> well, I, I would love to chat with you longer. Unfortunately, we have very little time left. So any final thoughts you'd like to leave with our audience as far as poop and the exploration of such elements?
1: <laughs> Don't be afraid of fecal fun, but mostly it's about lifelong learning, right? We're all asking questions. We're all curious, and we can continue to learn throughout our lives. Well, Heather, you have inspired me.
0: Thank you so much for your time, your wonderful enthusiasm regarding uh, excrement again, and the amazing facts you shared. I will. I hope I can see that light one day, the dog do light, the dog do powered light. And I urge all of your listeners out there, please check out Heather's wonderful book. And I guess this is one of seventeen. Who gives a poop? Uh, Heather has a website too. In two seconds, can you tell us your website?
1: HeatherLMontgomery.com.
0: Wonderful. Well, please check that out as well. And until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio saying I'll catch you later. Bye-bye. Thank you.